0: Hi you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party with Chef Amy Sins. And I'm Chef Amy Sins and thank y'all for joining. For those of you that are just getting comfortable with our new show and the format really I want to bring people together with food but those people that when you finally are out and about and going to dinner parties again you realize that the person you're sitting next to is interesting and cares about the world and you know you're brought together through food but you end up having a great conversation and that's kind of the direction that we're hoping to go with the show now and I want to introduce you all to my guest uh, today, I have Erica Chomsky-Adelson with Culture Aid NOLA, and uh, I just can't say enough good things about their mission and what they're doing and my experiences with them over the last few weeks. So thanks for joining me today, Erica.
1: Thanks for having me over to your dinner party, Amy. I can't wait <laughs> till we can actually do it in person.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, and one day soon, I think... I think we're going to all be doing maybe too many dinner parties because we're all going to be so excited to to really sit down and um visit with friends and family again on a regular basis but you know one of the things that I'd love to have you talk a little bit about is kind of who y'all are but also it has been a wild ride the last few weeks and you know, if, if people aren't following you on social media, they have no idea what has been accomplished. So I'd love to t- have you talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So culture Ignola is the only no barrier food bank in new Orleans. Uh, so what does that mean? You know, a lot of times there's this misconception that if you're hungry and you're trying to feed your family, you can go down to the church on the corner, get a can of green beans and be okay. And that's just not really true for a lot of people. You know often when you ask for help um you're gonna have to you know make an appointment and provide proof of income social security number id utility bill lease you know all of these things that are hard for some families to find or hard for some families to share with a stranger so right now culture nola is the only place in town where you can go twice a week every week and just get groceries that's it. No hassle, no shame, no questions, no paperwork, because everyone deserves the right to eat, you know, good, healthy, fresh food. And, you know, that
0: good, healthy, fresh food is so important because we know that food, it nurtures our soul, it nurtures our heart, and it it nurtures our bodies. And uh, y'all had a lot of good quality, fresh food the first two weeks or so after the storm, didn't you?
1: Ida was a whole thing, Amy. You know, we, um, a, a few hours after the wind stopped um, on that Monday, uh, a few of our uh, longtime partners uh, were sitting outside of a bar in downtown New Orleans trying to plan our response. You know, and over the past year and a half, I think we've all gotten a little sick of the word unprecedented. But in a lot of ways, this storm was unprecedented. You know, No one expected that Ida would do the damage that she did, um, and also that we would have such a full city of people to feed, people who had not been able to evacuate. So we knew that our response model would have to change, but we were unsure what that plan was going to be. We were sitting outside, and someone from the Donald Link restaurant group drove up with a refrigerated van full of meat, And I asked if we wanted it, if we could cook it, if we could share it with people in need. And we all said yes. Um, And then as soon as other restaurants started finding out that we were saying yes, they started coming by with food and then more and then more. And then thankfully, a whole bunch of volunteers started coming by and people with grills and crawfish pots. Um, And at the end of the day we had rescued the coolers of 125 restaurants and we were cooking 4,000 meals a day from the sidewalk. Amy, when I tell you we were literally borrowing grills off people's porches to make this thing happen. And it was just this really beautiful confluence of you know people who care, people who care about each other, people who care about food, people who care about the community in that way that you know, only New Orleans really can. And, you know, I, New Orleans does care.
0: And it, I think Louisiana in general, we care. New Orleans cares. And uh, we kind of show how much we care with how much food we can share with people who, we, who, you know, it's like we're sharing our love and the more food we can share, the more love we can share. And, you know, I saw this whole thing happening. Right. And I, and for my listeners out there, Eric and I are like BFF text buddies now, because it was like, I got a truckload of bacon. I have this, I have that. And we're, we're coordinating, but you know, barbecue teams gave their rigs. You know, people were showing up and there's something about, when one person creates a spark or one organization creates a spark it really gets things going and i I find that when it comes to relief efforts people want to get involved but they don't really know how but when someone says We're going to grill, we're going to cook 125 restaurant coolers full of food, and we're going to serve 4,000 meals a day.
1: I mean, how can you not get excited and
0: motivated to be a part of that?
1: Well, you're forgetting that we also had music, that we also had dancing. And, you know, yes, food is love. Um, And for a lot of us, food is the ultimate expression of love, right? It's how we literally nurture each other. Um, But at the same time, hope is love. And taking care of each other and dancing and bringing that kind of into it is something that uh, culture aid NOLA actually does a lot, but I think was especially important after the storm. You know, one of the things that struck me after Ida um, was it was so quiet and it was so dark and being able to come in and bring a little light and bring a little love and bring a little dancing was really, really important to us.
0: And, you know, there was love, there was dancing, and it wasn't just on the sidewalk that, you know, those first couple of days, uh, I thought it was super awesome that y'all took it to back to what your original goal was. You know, you had to make that that change and that adaptation the first few weeks, but then you immediately readjusted your course and went back to your core goal and started with that uh, fill the fridge event.
1: (laughs) Fill the fridge was great. You know, after we had cooked off all the food from the restaurant coolers, and by the way, this was some of the best food in town. We were out there grilling steaks, we smoked briskets, we boiled shrimp, I believe at one point, uh, Emerald sent over some pate. I think Donald Blink sent gumbo. Like it was really good food. And once we had cooked all that off, um, you know, we, we came together again uh, with some of our partners and we said, you know what, the power is coming back on. You know, New Orleans is coming back to life slowly, but surely like we always do. And everybody who, you know, has lost everything during COVID, whatever they've managed to scrape up, was just taken away by Ida. So how do we come together in service of our community and in service of rebuilding and you know kind of regenerating some of New Orleans? And we decided to host uh, Fill the Fridge, which was just a massive grocery giveaway. We were working with somewhere upwards of seventy-five thousand pounds of fresh food, and you know we reached out to our partners um, and to our networks. And we were able to serve uh, well over two thousand families uh, with all that food, and it was really beautiful um, to be able to provide that that first step up for a lot of folks.
0: And you know, back to that um, that hope. You know, that hope carried through to that event, and I you know, I saw how much the you know over two hundred volunteers coming together and all just trying to make an impact in the community. And musicians, you had dancers, you had all of that. So as people are, are sitting in line for hours and you realize that the need is so important if someone is going to sit in line for hours to wait for that, but they people would drive by and they would wave and they would say thank you. And then when they got to the music part, you would just see the smiles uh on people's faces and uh one little girl I I I won't I I mean it was so cute she looked at me and she saw what was in her box and she asked if she could uh trade her vegetables for more pineapple (laughs) and I just giggled and I thought how about we just give you a little extra pineapple (laughs) because that you know I I look at that event and I and pineapple is the symbol of hospitality, right? And it's it. And I felt like that event really brought that home in so many different ways.
1: Yeah, it was kind of fun to have all that pineapple up front, you know, and kind of set the tone on hospitality. And that's, you know, at the core of a lot of our work, you know, our mission as culture aid NOLA is to serve uh, with dignity, hospitality and grace. And we find that to be so important you know it's not just about sharing food and it's not just about serving the cultural community and it's not just about making it okay to ask for help it's about you know uplifting each other and bringing that spirit of love and care and hope to just literally everything we do i think it's so important that we recognize the humanity in each other and you know reassure each other that it is safe to lean on community. It is okay. And that this is how we care for each other as a community. We share food.
0: And what are you seeing, Erica? You know, since y'all's inception, uh, I would say that we're, like you said earlier, unprecedented. We are nonstop unprecedented events. But, you know, there are a lot of families in this community who work in the hospitality industry. Um, there are culture bearers. They really represent our city. How are how are they coping with with what's happening? And what are y'all looking at into 2022 to help make that process even easier for people?
1: Yeah, um, this is something that we talked about a lot uh, when we first formed in response to COVID last year. Is that sense of hospitality um, and that that like host feeling that New Orleans always has, you know, we're known for being good hosts down here. And to have that kind of ripped out from under a lot of people when the restaurants started closing and the bars and people stopped coming to visit was really especially hard for us as a city and as a community because we pride ourselves on being hospitable. So we found that not only was the sharing of food um, with families in, you know, suddenly dire circumstances, helpful but it was also helpful for our volunteers many of whom come from the hospitality industry to be able to serve you know to be able to continue that
0: now you know y'all i think people need to realize how you got started and like when you got started because things have evolved very quickly and i mean Lots. I mean, how much food has gone out into the community in the last year with this, you know, amazing idea that y'all had?
1: So Culture Aid actually started thanks to you, Amy. Um, You made some really valuable introductions last March um, to a few of us who, you know, saw what was happening, saw what was coming with COVID, um, knew that our community would be hurting and just wanted to help. Um, So, on March 23rd of 2020, uh, Culture NOLA uh, had our first service. Um, We had, you know, rounded up some restaurant coolers as they were closing, got together a team of chefs, um, and cooked about 500 meals. Uh, The next week, we served about 750, and the week after that, we served 5,000 meals. We set out very specifically and intentionally to work as a no-barrier pantry. Um, which was something that what we later found out was rather uncommon. Um, And with that mission in mind and carrying that forward uh, in the past year and a half, we've served about 1.7 million pounds of food. Say that one more time. That is one 1.7 million pounds of fresh, free, delicious groceries.
0: Oh, and we got a, a horn honk. Somebody drove by and was like, yes, 1.7 million pounds of food. <laughs> but, you know, that is amazing. And you realize that the need is so strong, but also it's got to be incredibly rewarding for you and your team to know what has been accomplished in such a short amount of time. Is there like a day that you go, oh my goodness, this is the most fun I ever had at work. I love what I do.
1: That's honestly every day. Uh, you know, I, we love to help and we feel so strongly about what we do and we have such an incredible team of both staff and volunteers. Um, but I think one of the things that we've been grappling with is, you know, for a lot of families, yes they were suffering because of ida and yes you know they got thrown a curveball because of covid but a lot of people have been left behind for quite some time you know we're talking about people that are new to hunger um as well as people who have been quietly struggling um there's there's a whole segment of our people being left behind these people that make too much to ask for help but not enough to eat healthy and we want to be there for them. We want to work for these working families, um, for these people that are really just trying and they can't quite get there.
0: You know, one thing that I noticed uh, with uh, some of the distribution boxes and some of the the items that if there was, you know, extra sweet potatoes or extra squash, I would put them on my porch and say, anybody who wants it or outside of Langwa and, the the number of people who were so happy to have that and you realize like these are your friends these are your neighbors these are the people that you interact with every day and you know it's not comfortable you don't want to have conversations like that with your friends that you're struggling so the opportunity to, to have a place where you can get it, where no one's gonna judge you and you don't have to have these you know, difficult conversations is, is something that, that our community totally needs.
1: Yeah, and I think you touched on something really important there. You know, I, I really do truly believe over the past year and a half, you know, having my eyes opened by a lot of this, we all know someone who is hungry. Like just categorically, you know someone who is hungry right now and everyone listening does as well. Um, and it is shameful and we don't talk about it, you know, and it's it's this kind of like deep internalized shame. Um, and we want to work to break some of that down. So in addition to being a, a no barrier pantry, we're also no stigma. Um, so we hire DJs at every event uh, to try and make it more of a community event as opposed to a, you know, a food bank. Um, and I gotta tell you, you've never seen people dancing in line at a food bank and talking to each other, and actually enjoying being there. And we approach it with that same sense of hospitality as well. You know, we we teach our volunteers and our staff to not interact with people as if they're clients asking for help, but to interact with people as if they're guests coming over for dinner. And we find that that makes a really big difference in how people receive help um and in their willingness to come back and we do want people to come back you know we have enough food and we're here to share it and we need people to understand that it's okay you know everybody struggles sometimes at some point every single one of us is going to have to ask for help with something and if that's food then we are here to help
0: now y'all are helping y'all are making such an impact in the community you know in the last year and a half what has been the most difficult challenge that culture aid has had to face in, in, you know promoting your mission and getting what you need done
1: well amy you've heard me say this a whole bunch of times before and i'm sure you're really sick of these two words but refrigerated trucks (laughs) so what we've found you know refrigerated trucks are always hard to find um but they can do so much good. So what we're looking at right now is cultured NOLA is fundraising um, to get a refrigerated truck of our very own. And with that truck, we will be able to expand to even more sites. You know, transportation and logistics are always a hurdle for any project. With that truck, we can push even more fresh food directly into even more neighborhoods and reach people who maybe aren't able to come to some of these other sites we can bring in more community partners and we can learn from them and grow with them and do better together.
0: And you are so right. Refrigerated truck, refrigerated (laughs) truck. Y'all, I can't tell you how many times during our relief efforts for Hurricane Ida, was I saying, gosh, I wish I just had a friend with a refrigerated truck because the amount of stuff we could have rescued and redistributed and and we rescued and redistributed a lot, but uh, you know it's important to remember that when the power's out and the you know you can't turn on refrigerators, you need somewhere to store that so that you can distribute it. And I think uh, it'll it allows you to to get the product into the community. You know, one thing that we noticed was if we could. Get a guy with a refrigerated truck, he could also bring things down to Lafitte and he could bring things down to Homa and kind of reach uh in some of those areas once New Orleans started to get its, you know, itself resettled a little.
1: Yeah. And you know, I really wish that I'd been keeping some kind of count of how many times I've said the word refrigerated truck over the past month or so. Um, but it's it's that, it's exactly what you just described it's that capability to react, to adapt, to pivot, and to move where the need is. You know, Aid NOLA serves 3,000 people a week every week at our normal distributions, but during this storm rescuing the coolers and feeding people from, you know, city park, you know, it would have been so much easier to be able to just have some of these logistical challenges solved right off the bat. And so our hope is that if we can fundraise for this refrigerated truck, if you want to make a tally mark to the next time I've said that, um, we'll be able to respond a little quicker to whatever the unmet need really is. You know, if that's a hurricane is coming and we're going to go pick up these restaurant coolers in advance or work with some of our produce wholesalers in advance to have this ready to go and respond even faster and help even more people or whether it's going into the neighborhoods or whether it's running ice down to Homa, You know, there's so much capacity and capability that can be unlocked when you nail down the logistics first with a, wait for it, refrigerated truck.
0: My, my Facebook ads are going to be going crazy later after you've said that
1: this many times. Listen, if you find a good price, you let me know. I will let you
0: know. It's going to be like, hey, we got a refrigerator truck for you. But, you know, so much has happened and, you know, so much hope has been given to our community. And, you know, we're all looking to 2022 to be to say we've turned this corner and we're, we're going, you know, our recovery is in process. You know, what are y'all looking into for 2022? Are you looking to, to change what you're doing? Are you
1: looking to make any adjustments or? Yeah, we're actually looking to expand. Um, you know, going back to, to something from a little bit earlier, you know, there have been a lot of people being left behind for quite some time. And what we've, you know, really kind of taken to heart over this past, however long, you know, the days all blend together at this point, is that partnerships and collaborative work are the key to success. You know, we're all going to go a lot farther if we go together. Um, So we're hoping to expand to more partners, to more neighborhoods. Um, We lead a collaborative purchasing agreement with some of our partners currently that can serve even more. Um, We foresee this as really a continuing need. You know, I think even when, you know, hopefully by the grace of God, we're able to overcome some of this COVID stuff, there's still gonna be people who are gonna take some time to put their lives back together. You know, if we're looking at folks, especially in the hospitality industry, who have gone, you know, a year and a half without work, possibly two years without solid, good paying, consistent work. It takes a while to pick yourself up if you've lost everything over and over again. And the more that we can do to ease that burden a little, the more that we can work together to make things just a little bit easier, I think the stronger we will come back because we know that New Orleans can't come back without restaurants. New Orleans can't come back without bartenders and servers and musicians and black masking Indians and all of these people that make up our culture. And we need them here. And in order to keep them here, we need them to be well-fed.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I hear the passion in your voice and how much you care about this mission. And I, I kind of think to myself, well, who was it or what meal was it? What was it that was that pivotal moment in your life, Erica, where you said, I I'm going to champion this cause, and this is going to happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it was kind of cumulative thing. Um, you know, I started working in disaster response in 2008. Um, and actually, the first disaster I ever went to uh, was a flood, and I ended up running a kitchen. Um, so this is, you know, come a little bit full circle for me, I've done other things in between. Um, but I think one of the things that really cemented culture aid NOLA was that first night Uh, we were serving out of Liberty's kitchen. um, And like I said, we only had 500 meals. Now, when we cooked those meals, we thought it would be enough. We were very proud of ourselves and it was quite an accomplishment. But as we went out to serve, people kept coming and they kept coming and they kept coming. And there was a little boy who lived in the apartment building across the street And he came out and he was very surprised to find that the meals were free and then he took some for his family and ran back in and all of a sudden people started pouring out of that apartment complex and that's I think the moment that collectively our eyes were opened to the fact that. There were people out there who needed help and weren't getting it and that's when we really set out to do this work to do it well to expand as much as we could and just to be there for each other and and you'll have been and yeah
0: i I, i'm just i'm in awe of what y'all have been able to accomplish and uh i can't wait to see you know where y'all go in the future because every every success you have helps our community here in new orleans and I think it's important for people to know how they can participate, how they can volunteer, how they can donate and get involved
1: with your mission. Absolutely. There's a lot of ways to help us and to help our community at the same time. Um, we're always you know, grateful for donations. Um, we like to buy vegetables and give them away to people for free without making them feel bad about it. Um, so we, we love donations for that. Um, we also always need volunteers. Um, like we were talking about with the DJ and with the dancing and with treating people as guests, it's a really fun time out on site. You know, you've been there, you've seen the energy and the feeling of coming together like that. And we also need your voice. You know, we need people to stand up and make noise about the fact that there are people who are hungry every day in America, and we have the capacity to help them. We just need to want it bad enough.
0: Well, I, I think that um, your mission is incredible. And I think the more voices that do stand up, uh, the more families we can help. Can you give everyone
1: your web address and
0: uh, how they can follow your success?
1: Yeah, so our website is cultureaidnola.org. And that's where you can volunteer, where you can donate. Where you can learn more about us and what and why we do um and we're on you know facebook instagram and twitter um all of our handles are at culture aid nola
0: awesome well erica i can't thank you enough for your time today uh for my listeners out there uh, our guest was erica chomsky adelson with culture aid nola and make sure you check out their website follow them on social media see what they're doing and uh, participate and know that our community is growing, we're healing, and uh, we're all working together. So you've been listening to Dinner Party with Chef Amy Sins on WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. Until next time, ciao.